1: Afternoons with Rob Brinkenridge, weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. When it comes to anything that purports to be medicine, you, you should be have to, to prove that, that your product does what you claim it does. Uh, if you're going to uh, try to put something on the market that you say can uh, treat uh, the common cold or treat cancer or treat anything in between – you should have to demonstrate that. Unfortunately, when it comes to a lot of so-called alternative medicine, it's not about evaluating the claims that can get something on the shelf, more so whether it's quote-unquote safe. Is taking this product going to kill you? If not, then, then I guess we're okay with it. And sure, when it comes to homeopathy, there's nothing there. You're essentially taking a sugar pill, which, no, isn't going to kill you. What do we allow claims to be made about what is really essentially scientific nonsense? The idea that the more you dilute something, dilute it to the point that there's nothing there, that somehow that is going to treat what ails you. The McGill Office for Science and Society recently conducted a a study involving 150 pharmacies in the Montreal area uh, looking at one homeopathic product in particular. One that claims to treat influenza makes a lot of uh, scientific claims about all of that. In fact, they found that two-thirds of the pharmacies stocked this product, they say, despite the fact that it does not work and cannot work, according to our scientific knowledge. Uh, joining us to talk more about this research is uh, Jonathan Jari. He's a science uh, communicator at the McGill Office for Science and Society, uh, host of Cracked Science. You can find him on Twitter at Cracked Science. Jonathan, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program.
0: Well, thanks for inviting me.
1: Right. Well, tell us, first of all, what it was you were looking at. Now, I know this was a study of Montreal pharmacies, but obviously this is the kind of thing we'd see right across the country.
0: Definitely. I mean, uh, we we were aware that this product was being sold in pharmacies. We just wanted to know how many pharmacies were carrying this. I mean, it looked like they were everywhere. We just wanted to have some actual data on this. Uh, And the reason why we were interested is because, you know, this is what we do at our office. Our mission is to separate sense from nonsense for the public because there is a lot of nonsense when it comes to uh, science and health uh, and medicine. And so um, what this product is is called Ocelococcinum. It is a homeopathic remedy that is being sold uh, to help alleviate the symptoms of the flu. And what it is really is, is, is sugar. These are, these are sugar pills. Uh, the reason for that is that the way that this is being made, and this is in keeping with the principles of homeopathy which was created in 1796, is that they will take one duck's heart and liver every year, they will dissolve it, they will take one drop of that in 99 of solvent, then take one drop of that and then 99 drops of solvent and repeat this process not once, not twice, but 200 times. Many that and you know people have done the calculations there's not a single molecule of that duct that is left in the final solution. And this solution is used to moisten a sugar globule and that is what you buy and what you ingest. Uh, it doesn't work, it cannot work, it flies in the face of science, and yet this is being sold in pharmacies.
1: No, it certainly has a very scientific or medical sounding name. Even the company uh, plays up on that one of their ads says unpronounceable, uh, but effective. So it's it's got the name. It says right on there that it's medicine. Uh, it says it treats flu-like symptoms. And, and I guess what gives it more credibility, and this kind of gets to the heart of the matter, is that it's on the shelves in a pharmacy. Pharmacies, of course, are where we go for for these kinds of products.
0: Exactly, and I don't blame the actual pharmacists that you see behind uh, the counter, as I was reminded of. I mean, most of them have nothing to do with uh, choosing what they actually sell uh, at their workplace, uh, but there are higher-ups who are making these decisions amongst these chains. I mean, we looked at five of the major chains uh, that we have here in Montreal, including PharmaPri, um, and, and basically we, we I just called them up and I said, you know, do you have the product or not? And 66% uh, of those big-chain pharmacies uh, had the product, and uh, this varied a little bit from chain to chain, you know, Jean Coutu and, and Pharmapria had, you know, 80, 80% of them had the, had the product. And, and that's the thing is that, you know, the, the profession of pharmacist is evidence-based. Uh, and, and when we go to the pharmacy, we expect that treatments that look like treatments or packaged as treatments that are being sold in pharmacies that they have been shown to work, especially if they have a Health Canada approval, as, as this product does. Uh, but unfortunately, that is not the case when it comes to homeopathy. There
1: are a lot of homeopathic um, remedies on the market, um, but was there a reason why you, you zeroed in on this one in particular?
0: Well, this one is, is particularly egregious. I mean, as I was mentioning, this dilution process is done 200 times in a row, and there is literally not a single molecule of that duct that is left in the final solution. Uh, most homeopathic remedies, I mean, all of homeopathic remedies are diluted uh, by different factors. Uh, these factors are always quite quite large, and the reason for that is that the guy who, who came up with homeopathy at a time when medicine was relying more on leeches and, and, and bloodletting, uh, he had this idea that the, that the more you would dilute something, the stronger it would be would get you would dilute out the negative effects, but you would boost the the the, the positive effects of it. Um, so I guess if you really want to get drunk, according to homeopaths, I suppose you should really dilute your beer. Uh, right. and, and so, and so this, this particular product is diluted so much, there's absolutely nothing left. Now we're told, well, we agree with that, but you know, water remembers what it used to contain. And so this idea that you know, the water that is used for these dilutions, it remembers the duck that was there in the first place. And we can even discuss you know, why, why there's a duck in there in the first place. But it is true that scientists have observed structures in liquid water, but these structures last less than the blink of an eye. And of course, if water remembered everything, it has. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medication come into contact with it would also remember, you know, the excrements that had been in touch with at some point. Uh, So none of these basic principles make any kind of sense, but they came out at a time when, again, medicine uh, was, was quite, quite cruel and not as developed as it is today. So somebody was looking for an alternative to that.
1: Right. So talk a bit about the Health Canada uh, aspect to all of this, because as you say, I mean, uh, there is that that claim that's that's on the package that this is Health Canada approved. What does that actually
0: mean? So we have to remember that Health Canada has separate approval pathways for different kinds of products. So natural health products have a certain approval process. Homeopath, uh, homeopathic products have a uh, different uh, process. And actual conventional medical drugs have a much more rigorous process. Uh, there was an investigation done a few years ago, a brilliant sting operation by CBC Marketplace, uh, where they tried to commercialize, uh, well, actually, to get to get approval from Health Canada for a fictional homeopathic uh, remedy for uh, for children's fever. And the proof that they had to send in were basically photocopies of an old book uh, that recounted that, yeah, apparently there was some anecdotal evidence that these things that these things might work against fever. And sure enough, they got approval from Health Canada. That is not how Health Canada approves actual medical drugs, but there is a much easier pathway for homeopathy. Now, the reason for that, I'm not quite clear on that. Uh, obviously, there, 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 there may be historical reasons. There may be you know, pressures from lobbying groups, uh, but that is, that is the state that we're in right now. So just because something has been approved by Health Canada doesn't mean that it's gone through the same uh, rigorous process that a drug would. Right. And I mean, there are antivirals that are they're marketed
1: uh, towards flu sufferers. Uh, antivirals that are meant to, um, you know, lessen the duration of of the flu. So, for uh, if I were to, to, you know, if I were a drug company, I wanted to put one of these antivirals on the market, uh, targeting specifically influenza, it'd be a completely different process I'd have to go through.
0: Exactly. I mean, most of these drugs have to be t- tested in phase three uh, clinical trials. These are done in humans. Uh, people with the same disease are randomly assigned one group or another. Uh, they're being given, you know, the, the the new treatment that we hope works. And we compare that to the other group that gets something that looks like it, but it is inert, what we call a placebo, or we use standard of, of, of care. Um, and then we have to show that this new treatment is superior to, to the placebo. Um, actually, these kinds of trials have been done against Ocelococcinum. And there's a great group called the Cochrane Collaboration that specializes in looking at all of the evidence uh, on a particular topic. And they've looked at all the trials that have been done on Ocelococcinum, and the, the quality of the evidence is really poor, but they have to admit, like these trials were not done very well. There's a good chance of bias. Some were negative, some were positive. But when we combine that with the, pl- the, the plausibility, like is this even, even plausible by its, its own, the, the whole laws behind it, uh, the answer is no. There's, there's no plausibility given what we understand about biology and chemistry and physics. We have to come to the conclusion that these pills are just sugar pills and they are inert. They do not do anything.
1: Well, and and that's often an argument people make that uh, because they're sugar pills or they're inert, they they are essentially harmless. I mean, you know, James Randi has has done this uh, many times where he overdoses on homeopathic uh, sleeping pills on stage to kind of prove the point uh, that they don't work. But just because they're safe in that sense, that's not an argument for for having them on, on store shelves, is
0: it? In my opinion, it really isn't. Uh, but it seems to be that you know th- this is this is what's happening with Health Canada. They're saying, well, you know, this is uh, these are not uh, particularly um, dangerous, and so we we can approve them. Uh, it was quite interesting to see the reaction from the um, the Quebec uh, Order of Pharmacists on this, where they said, well, you know, pharmacists can carry them to start a conversation, uh, which I thought was a weird thing to say. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure why a pharmacist would carry a product that they don't believe in simply to start a a dialogue with a customer, um, but also they said that, you know, uh, pharmacists in Quebec, they can sell the product, but they cannot endorse it, uh, which is, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost comical. This is like a Monty Python skit. Um, so they're allowed to sell it. Uh, they know they don't work. I mean, the Quebec Order of Pharmacists did state, we know there's no good scientific evidence behind homeopathy. So they know it doesn't work, but they can sell it, but they're not allowed to endorse it because they know it doesn't work. I mean, this is this is getting quite quite absurd
1: well yeah you 're right i mean it's it 's a challenge though, in terms of what we do about it i mean is as, as ridiculous as homeopathy seems to me i i, I mean i wouldn 't be in favor of of banning it i I think we certainly need to to uh, make people aware of these facts, so uh, education could go a long way but what what do you think is the correct response here
0: well i mean definitely as you, as you were mentioning i mean its it's very difficult i mean we 've had these discussions before, and these these uh you know I mean, this is not the first time that Coxon has been in the news. Um, and there, there isn't much that can be done. I would love to see, you know, a chain of drugstores uh, making the decision to stop carrying these, these products. Uh, but that's unlikely to happen. I mean, pharmacies used to sell us cigarettes. And it wasn't until, you know, 1998 that the government stepped in and said, no, you can no longer do this legally. Um, so I think the best thing that we can do is, is indeed educate the public uh, about these things. That Even though they look legit, they look like they have science behind them. They look like, you know, because they're being sold in pharmacies, they have uh, health care approval. Uh, it looks like they're going to help with your flu uh There's actually they they actually can't and they and they don't.
1: Well, much more in all of this. The McGill Office for Science and Society. It's McGill.ca/oss. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us here today.
0: Well, thank you for having me. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at twelve thirty on News Talk
1: seven seventy Calgary.